it's self-induced stress, but it's becoming, it basically what it's doing, it's making you become comfortable when you're feeling agitated and having that control to stay calm and relaxed when agitation starts to peak and rise. And if you don't have that discipline, you don't have that willpower, as soon as that comes, for some people, it just takes over. And within seconds, you're back to overtrading, leverage, over-leveraging, revenge trading, everything that we know is not the right thing to do to be successful. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. It's Thursday today, and things are moving forward nicely. Sometimes you just get in a flow and things just start, just seem like they're meant to be working. Um, for those of you that have done self-business or entrepreneurship, sometimes you feel like you're, you're trudging uphill the whole time, um, but then it gets to a little bit of a flat and it feels amazing. And I feel like I'm on one of those flats and things are just starting to ease up a little bit. Um and it's really, really lovely. It's a great feeling and I'm going to just be appreciative of it and embrace it until the next storm comes and the next challenges hit because that's when we grow and we learn and we learn how to do more things and increase our skills. But today for my gratitude, I really want to send gratitude to the people who show up here. I was saying just before we got started how much it means to me. There's been a couple of times where there's been people busy or you know, you're trying to do this on your own. And it's doable, it's manageable. Um, I still enjoy it, but nowhere near as much as when I've got, you know, the lovely people showing up here, live in the community, um, getting involved, sharing their gratitude, talking in the chat, being part of the, the conversation. Um, it really makes a huge difference to me, my energy, my vibe. Um, and, you know, it keeps my, you know, a bit of my why going as to what drives me to find the content, to continue to put things together to keep my growth going and to continue to, I guess, guide those of you who are here wanting to learn and provide more knowledge so that you can continue on your trading journey. And it's been an absolute wonderful last maybe six months or a bit longer since we've really kickstarted the, these morning calls. And I am very, very grateful. So for me today, gratitude going out to all of those of you who are showing up consistently on these calls. It really means the world to me. Grateful for coffee this morning we have in the chat. Yes, I know it's almost three o'clock in the afternoon, but I have a coffee at the moment as well. Um, good morning. Hope you're well. I'm very glad to be back with you all. Appreciate you. Love being here with all of you as well. You're making a difference, Jake, and I thank you for that. That's what I love to hear. Thank you so much. That's you know that's the whole goal here is to making a difference. If I can just help one of you get to that level of um, trading that you want to get to, then that's that's my goal achieved. I just need one person to continue to grow and develop for me to make the, to make it worth it for me. I'm grateful for the recent rain and the way my garden is looking. Lovely. I picked off my first zucchini yesterday and have two more ready to be picked. 
green thumbs over here. I've been trying to get my green thumb back in action. I, well, I never was that good, but I'm learning. I'm growing in my little office. I don't know if you guys can see, but there's a few plants up behind me. There's another couple down here. I'm trying to slowly learn how to keep them green and keep keep my space a little bit, bit more lively. I'm grateful for the support of my family and friends and anyone jumping in the Kajabi, chuck your gratitude in there. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about stress. Um, so we spoke a lot about lately um, the idea of neurotransmitters and the brain function and how it works. And I think because trading is so much psychology and so much understanding ourselves, it's really important to understand how the brain works because basically all of our self thoughts and the way we perceive ourselves and the way that we think we are and the way that we identify and the way that we behave and our personality, all of this becomes from our mind. You know, we do have muscles. We do have walking functions and talking functions and the ability to have information come into our ears and into our eyes and into our nose and out of our mouth. But all of that is tainted by the thoughts and beliefs and feelings we have about ourselves and who we really are. Okay. And so understanding the brain and the neurotransmitters and how the brain communicates with itself is super important because that's going to be able to depict how we can change our behaviors and how we can change how we feel and think towards ourselves. Um, and with that, we can then change any aspect of our life in any direction if we desire it enough. So one of the key things that I think gets talked about, well, actually a lot in life in general is stress, anxiety, you know, stress with work, stress with family, um, and really understanding it and how it impacts us as a whole and us on the charts. Now, we dove into a little bit of the brain aspects with the prefrontal cortex, the thalamus, the amygdala. Um, you know, we were speaking about how there's different filters and the neurotransmitters. The, we often talk about the emotional brain the logical brain and the um, subconscious or the computational brain. And this is all because these are pieces of the puzzle that slowly build up, I guess, the overall picture of who we are. And if we understand how those bits work and those pieces fit together, we can work with them or adjust any aspect to really become whoever we want to be. And the goal here well, for the majority of people now, this this podcast is for anyone trying to create success in any area, but the majority of people here are traders. And so our goal is to shift our trading skill. Now, how do we shift our trading skill? We have to learn ourselves. I often say that trading is the best personal development program in the world because in order to become successful at it, you have to learn yourself. We're not trading against the charts. We're not trading against other traders. We're not trading against a certain currency. We're not trading against a certain stock. We're not trading against a certain cryptocurrency. We are trading against ourselves. Now, why do I say this? Because the charts are going to go up and down. Unless you're a billionaire and have all the money you want on the line for trading, you are not going to impact what happens on the charts. We are retail traders. We are little like we're like little mice coming and getting the crumbs of what's left from the big institutions and the big market makers and you know the the giant corporate greed that comes out in the rest of the world. We're not here to fight against them. We're not here to beat them. We are just here to understand our relationship with ourselves and money to such an extent that we can calmly and emotionlessly take the little bits of crumbs that are left behind by the big corporate greed's pie. 
Okay, does that make sense? And I think the sooner you can understand this, the better off you're going to be. Because so many times I've heard, especially new traders, oh, the market did this because of this, and now it does move because of certain things. It definitely does. But whether you take money or lose money does not have anything to do with them. It has entirely to do with you. You are the one who presses the buy button. You are the one who decides how much risk you take. You are the one who presses the exit button. You are the one, well, places the stop loss, shall we say. You are the one who places the take profit. You are the one who responds if it moves in a certain way. You're the one who changes your mind. You're the one who does every aspect of trading. And so don't blame someone else if you lose a trade. Don't blame someone else if you overtrade. Don't blame someone else if you overrisk. It's all you, and you have to take responsibility for that. But in knowing this, we know, okay, if it's all me, then why do I do these things? Why am I behaving this way? What is it that sets me off or makes me tick or I get frustrated about? What is the particular cue or trigger that makes me go, ah, I want to change my mind. Ah, I'm feeling tense. Oh, here comes stress. Oh, here comes anxiety. What is it that makes you go, yes, I'm the best trader in the world. I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow and then over leverage everything. These are the things we have to look at. Our cues, our triggers, our tipping points, all these things. And we need to really keep going until we can understand them. Now, I just see in the chat, it makes sense in my brain, but why do I keep doing what I do? This is because of preconditions. This is because of habits that you've formed. And the, the thing is, more often than not, we're looking for future change. We're looking like, oh, okay, in the future, I need to do this different. But we need to start looking in the present change. Not so much how to, um, how do I put this? Not so much, I need to change these things so that the outcome's different, but I need to look at what's happening prior to my behavior so I can set up a different environment so that I can understand what is putting me into the state that's making me do these things. Because with trading, the majority of the time, it's not a conscious decision of behaviors to go, ah, you know what, I freak out, I'm going to move my stop loss. By the time we get to that, the amygdala is already fired off, the emotions are already taken over, and it's too damn late. The body just goes into reflex basically it does what it knows how to do its stress is overridden and you just go into old habits so trying to create new habits in the midst of an old habit completely overpowered by the brain in emotional state is almost impossible so how do we change this why do i keep doing what i do it's because your body has been trained to do those things you have been trading long enough to pick up the bad habits you have been trading long enough to get into a state where your body almost automatically does the certain things based on previous behaviors and outcomes from what has happened in the past due to fear due to any emotion that comes in fear greed anxiety all these things that they're emotion based and what happens with emotion we go back to past experiences and we anticipate what might happen in the future our body goes into automatic mode we kind of just do things that we know are wrong but we can't stop our body from doing them chuck some ones in the chat if you've been like why am i still doing this it's not the right thing i want to be doing but i can't stop my body from doing the motion right ones 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 okay because by that time it's too late so we don't want to be trying to change it when it gets to there. We don't want to be getting to that stage and going, okay, now what can I do different? We want to be jotting these things down. We want to be journaling them. We want to be understanding what is making us get to this stage. So it's not about what happens when we're at this stage. While that is important and while I will actually address certain things we can do for that today, what's more important is what's driving us to that state because we don't want to be able to 
have to make our mind control our mind when it's already fighting against emotion. We want our mind to make logical decisions without any other distraction. But once stress comes in, once fear comes in, once anxiety comes in, once greed comes in, then your brain's like, ah, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. Habits take over. Okay. So this is why it's so important to understand what the brain does, what the neurotransmitters are doing, what our habits and behaviors are caused from, what dopamine effects have on our body. This is why it's important to understand that the amygdala is driven by stress. So what do we need to do? We need to understand what triggers us and gets us into stress. All these things are the key components that will help us learn ourselves to such a level where we then can take control back. Because the reason you're doing what you're doing over and over again, even though you know you don't want to, is because that is what your body does naturally when the emotions take over. And so you have two options here. You have to retrain your body to react in an emotional way that's different. That sounds almost impossible. Or learn yourself so well that you can avoid getting into the emotional states. Learn yourself so well that you can avoid getting into the emotional habits, the emotional memory that we're speaking about, and repeating the same behaviors. Consciously, you don't want to do them. But when emotions take over and subconscious takes over and habitual things just happen, you find yourself doing the same thing again and again and again. And I can tell you, it's fucking frustrating because I've been there. Even myself, as you grow on the journey, you will find you progress. You learn yourself. You avoid those emotional states. But then all of a sudden, something will happen. Stress will be. Maybe you didn't sleep well. Maybe you're trading in a, in a state of mind where you shouldn't be. Maybe something else is on your mind. Maybe you've got a big party coming up. And then all of a sudden, emotional trading comes back. And you see all the bad habits come back and you're like, whoa, where did this come from? I thought this was gone. Well, that's the emotional habit trading that's coming back in. That's what happens when we trade with emotion. So we can either change completely how we trade with emotion, which I think is a very, 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 very hard thing to do. Something that I haven't even looked at trying to do. Or we can understand ourselves so that we don't get into that state. And I think that is the key because logically we all know this is how much I should risk. This is what my trading plan says. I should only take trades when my trading plan tells me to. We know these things. We've heard it millions of times, but do we do it? No. Why? Because emotions, they take over. They run the course. We end up going, damn it. Why did I do the same thing again? So this is why I believe it's the best self-development program out there because you need to learn yourself and charts are relentless. They will not give up. It's brutal as fuck. They will chew you up and spit you out until you learn yourself. There's no middle ground. There's no, oh, I feel sorry for you today from the charts. It's they're just going to continue to chew you up and spit you out until you learn yourself to a point where you can control yourself. Top down control. My mind controls my body. My mind can control my emotions. So therefore my emotions don't lash out and make my body react. And I use the word react because that's Remember, I spoke about the difference in reaction and response. If we react, it's a reaction. It's a chemical change. Things are happening in our brain. A reaction, a chemical reaction happens when, you know, there's complete change, right? That's what's happening in our brain. Chemicals are firing. Things are changing. It's a reaction. A response is, okay, I have seen this situation before, and I know how to calmly and emotionlessly respond in a manner that best suits me. Reaction and response, huge difference. Okay, so back to this idea of stress, because we we're talking about the amygdala. So today I want to talk about a few things as to what we can do in real-time stress situations and long-term stress redu reduction. So real-time stress situations is certain stress techniques that will allow you that when you feel your physical physiological changes, when you feel your body tensing up, when you feel your breath getting shorter, when you feel you're getting hotter or sweaty, what can you do to calm yourself down very quickly and stop yourself from getting to that emotional state? 
And then long-term emotional reduction is certain techniques or practices that you can do so that when, so that you can become calm when the emotions kick off. Um, so we'll go through some of the real-time things that I've got here first, I think is the best option. Um, no, you know, we'll go through some of the, well, first of all, that we have most of the stress release things are to do with sensors. So sensory input. Now, there was a really good example that I heard that trying to get your mind to control your mind when it's panicking is like trying to catch fog. It's almost impossible, right? So what we want to do when our we're trying to get our, when our mind's starting to panic and freak out and do all its things, trying to get the mind to look after itself is kind of saying like, you know, when you're freaking out and stressing out and someone's like, just calm down. It's like, I know I need to just calm down, but I can't calm down. That's the whole problem. You know, this is the kind of concept that your brain is doing on the inside. So what do we do when our brain's going into the overwhelm, going into the freak out, going into the anxiety stage? Well, we need to do something mechanical. We need to do something that physically moves our body. Um, and this is where the senses come in. Okay. Now we have concepts like scented candles, for example, you know, you've got a nice scent, you're starting to feel stressed. You can light that. You can have a scent that actually brings you calm. You can have, for example, touch. So say you've got like a fluffy cushion that you want. You can go grab that and just stroke the fluffy cushion. If that's the kind of thing that works for you. And vision visualization. Some people close their eyes and go to a happy place. They imagine they're laying on the beach and something calm, you know, mindfulness so going closing your eyes sitting calmly bringing conscious thought to the breath this kind of stuff um people love music I, i'm a very 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 big fan of music and sometimes when i'm really just in this overwhelmed state rather than letting my emotions out or reacting or responding in a negative way i turn on some music and i just put my headphones in turn it right up and i just sit calmly and listen to music that's a really good way for me to de-stress and decalibrate quickly now um I don't really have any recommendations for the sense of taste and I can't really, I don't really condone like snacking out on lollies to calm you down. I mean, there is alcohol, but as soon as you drink alcohol, it's a completely different ball game in itself. So I wouldn't really recommend that either. Um, but the one thing that I think would overpower, I guess the, the taste kind of sense is breath. Now breath is incredibly powerful. Um, and I want to talk about a couple of things related to breath that we can that we can learn so that we can a help ourselves in an instantaneous state in a real time and that we can get used to putting ourselves our body in almost a heightened state but learning how to be calm in that so the very interesting thing about the breath is it's a very there's been a scientific studies and this is quite well known that there is a complete and direct relationship between your breath and your heart rate so what happens when you're taking a breath Taking a breath, your diaphragm actually goes lower, creates more volume in your chest, and your heart actually expands. And what happens is the blood that's inside that heart at the time slows down. So when it slows down, there's actually a neuron or a neurotransmitter inside the heart that's called the sino, something about the sinoatricular node, I believe it is. Anyway, this transmits to the brain and says, hey, brain, blood's going slower. And the brain goes, all right, well, let's speed that up. And so it speeds up your heart rate. So bringing exhales into your lungs, big, large, vigorous, long exhales actually speeds up the heart rate. And so what happens on the contrary, when you exhale, when you exhale, long, slow, more vigorous exhales, then the diaphragm compresses, 
that area within your chest compresses, the heart compresses, and the blood moves quicker, sends to the brain, hey, look, the blood's moving quicker within the heart, and the brain goes, okay, let's slow this heart rate down. Now, what does this tell us? Well, it means that if we want to increase, so if we're feeling overwhelmed and things are getting stressful and it's building up and you're feeling a bit anxious and you're like, oh, and you want to calm yourself down, we can take longer exhales than we do inhales, right? So we can longer exhales than inhales. This actually slows our heart rate down and this can bring us, we reduce our stress very, very quickly. The next thing is if we want to kind of, you know, you're feeling a bit sluggish and you're tired and you're like, oh, I need some more energy. You can do longer, more vigorous exhale, inhales and slow, slower, shorter exhales. And that will increase your heart rate and give you some more energy. And so there's a complete direct relationship, which is super fascinating. And we should all start to use, um, you know, understand the idea of breath work at a different level. So if we want to do slow our heart rate down, we do longer exhales. And if we want to, longer, more vigorous exhales, like and vice versa. Want to pick up our heart rate, we can do like more inhales. Okay. So this is the the kind of the neuroscience between the relationship between breath and heart rate, which is super fascinating. And now what we can do with this is we can use this to A, decrease our heart rate when we're getting stressed from trading. Give us a couple of seconds. You feel things going on. You, you do your breath. For, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds, and you can really reduce that and try and stop yourself from getting into that emotional trading state. What else we can do with this is in a more long-term aspect, and because we're running out of time, I'm going to jump ahead. So there's another thing called, um, I think it's called like a, a, a hiccup sigh or a double breath sigh. And it's what babies do when they're screaming. It's what you do when we're asleep because the carbon dioxide has been depleted and we want more oxygen. Um and it's what you can see dogs do sometimes. I, I noticed when my dog did it. So what this is, it's when you kind of like, have you ever seen a baby crying? Like, yeah. And then they're running out like, trying to like do that before they big exhale again. Well, this is the same kind of thing. And so this is actually what happens is there's pores inside your heart, inside your lungs, which collapse basically. And then when you do this, it opens them back up and then you can release all the carbon dioxide. And so this... There's another very quick way, like a breathing technique, to reduce those stress levels. And you can try it yourself. I found that breath work does really wonders for me. Um, did certain people with different techniques, depending on what you want to get out of, you know, where your stress is and what you want to do with your body. But we can also use this in a more long-term sense. So this is in a real-time sense, this breath exercise. But what we can do in a long-term sense is we can put ourselves in a situation and then basically train our brain to be calm during that situation. And an example of this is, I think it's similar to like the Wim Hof, but when we go this kind of like extensive, strong, like big inhale kind of breaths, what actually happens then is our adrenal glands release adrenaline and this gets adrenaline pumping through our blood and, and through our body. The blood increases. We get all energetic. We get all like excited. And then you can do a technique where you do this for 25 to 30 seconds. And then you do a long exhale. So like. And hold for like 15 seconds. What this does is this gets your body pumping. This gets your brain firing. This gets all the blood flowing through everywhere. And then it forces you to be in a calm state. So this is training your brain to understand that when things are flooding, when things are going up, when adrenaline's rising and you know you can feel that 
almost physiological change and the stress coming and everything building, you're putting yourself in a state now for 15, 20 seconds to go, I have control over this. I can be calm in this situation. Now, this is something you have to do over time to get you better in those situations. This isn't a real-time solution. This is a long-term solution, but it's a very good practice to kind of do this breath work, maybe, I don't know, three times a week, two a couple of times in a row, two, three times a row, and do what works for you um, to get yourself used to having the mental control when things start to get stressful. And if we can do this practice, Combine that with the real-time breath work, we can res restrict ourselves from jumping into this emotional state, jumping into this emotional trading, jumping in to these situations where we start to do the same shit over and over again and get disappointed with ourselves. Okay. Now this is it's self-induced stress, but it's becoming it basically what it's doing, it's making you become comfortable when you're feeling agitated and having that control to stay calm and relaxed when agitation starts to peak and rise. And if you don't have that discipline, you don't have that willpower, as soon as that comes, for some people, it just takes over. And within seconds, you're back to over-trading, leverage, over-leveraging, revenge trading, everything that we know is not the right thing to do to be successful. So if we can do these practices, then we can get used to being calm under stress, and we can reduce that stress level and prevent ourselves from getting there much faster. Now, other examples of this, um, is ice baths. You know, if ever anyone's done an ice bath, you jump in the first couple of minutes, you're like, like panicking, freaking, you just want to get out. Like your whole body's like, get me out of here. Stress overload, like fight or flight. I want to flight and get the fuck out of this bath because it's freezing. Or you have to sit there. You have to get your mind to control about, no, this is just psychological. I'm not going to die in here. It is fine. Be calm. This is that stress-induced calmness that you can actually start to build up. Ice baths are great for this. Cold showers are like a little stepping stone into that. Cold showers, they're like, ah, I want to jump out, but you have to stay calm. And as we learned last week, these are great for dopamine releases. They are really good to bring up that energy, have that dopamine long-term um, release at levels double and a half over baseline. Um, and another thing that is recommended for this is an hour of pain. Is It's a an old militant exercise apparently where you lay on the floor in one position for an hour and don't move you have to keep the control in your mind not to mind not to move not to scratch not to itch just lay very still in one position and do it for a whole hour you know for the first 10 minutes it's fine but then it starts to ache you start to get itches your mind starts to wander and having this ability to bring yourself back and just stay exactly still this is that mental control that we need to build up that mental discipline that fortitude of the mind to say i am stronger than what the physiological changes are wanting me to do if we can do these things then we can really protect ourselves from jumping into emotional trading okay some other things i just want to mention this quickly some other things that we want to look at is that the actually you know what there's there's too much for this here so i'm going to say that for tomorrow um, we have come to the end of this session, unfortunately. Um, I've got a lot more I could talk about on this. Chuck some ones in the chat if that made sense. If there's any breath work that you've done, I see some people in the chat saying square breathing is great for stress. Equal in, hold, out, hold. There's some people already doing some of these breath works. Some ones coming in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, to our traders, let's jump over to the trading call quickly. Um, to all the people listening on the podcast, much love. I hope to my traders, you're reading through your trading journal, you're doing your mindset stuff, you're doing your brain warm up, you're reading through your trading plan, making sure you're in the right state of mind, making sure that we're ready to rumble, take some points off the board and practice some breath. If you start to get stressed today, long, slow exhales. Those are the ones that are going to calm you. Okay. So put that into practice today. See how you go. Much love to everyone. And I shall speak to you again tomorrow. Bye.